the battle between Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot and the Chicago Teachers Union rages on. It's the fourth day of no school as the two sides continue to disagree over whether to hold classes in person or remote. Meanwhile, former CPS CEO Arnie Duncan has signaled that he may take on the mayor in next year's election. So as she enters the final calendar year in her term, we're taking a look at Lightfoot's track record, which campaign promises she's delivered on and what her priorities are going forward. Joining me now is A.D. Quick, city politics reporter with Crane Chicago Business and host of the A.D. Q&A podcast. Hey, A.D. Hey, Sasha. Remind us, when is the next mayoral election? Next mayoral election is in February of 2023, which is simultaneously forever away and also very soon. How likely is it that Lori Lightfoot's going to run for a second term? So she has not said so yet. And folks might remember she made a big wave when she told the New York Times Kara Swisher that a re-election bid wasn't a gimme. Um, but there are other signs that she's got to declare again. She's made fundraising swings to New York and the West Coast. Her campaign team's Twitter account has been pretty active, replying to people saying, hey, here's the mayor's record on this, here's the mayor's record on that. And her campaign website has been updated with accomplishments in recent months. Mm. Um, as for timing, Rahm Emanuel announced his re-election bid after his first term in November of 2014, ahead of the 2015 election, and announced he wasn't running for re-election for a third term in September of 2018 before the 2019 election. So maybe we have to wait for the fall, but of course we're already seeing some folks, like you mentioned, like Arnie Duncan, tease whether they might get in. Now, in your latest piece for Cranes, you took a look at what campaign promises she's kept so far and what issues she's changed position on from education to ethics reform. So I want to start with education. During her campaign, she made promises that really spoke to the Chicago Teachers Union. And over the last couple of years, we have seen a very contentious relationship there. So what changed? You're right. They were, they sounded very aligned on a lot of issues, including equity. I mean, equity was central to the mayor's campaign. She pledged to try to bring a level one or one plus school to every neighborhood in Chicago. She supported additional wraparound staff like nurses and social workers at every school. Um, and in her campaign video, she supported a fully elected school board, which is something that uh, the CTU has been organizing for for several years. Um, but then, of course, we had the strike. Um, which completely soured their relationship. They didn't have much of one to begin with. The union, of course, backed Tony Preckwinkle in the mayoral election. Um, it's, it has seemingly been nonstop uh, conflict. And the union, the one thing the union repeats over and over is, you said you'd support this, you said you'd support that, um, but there hasn't been peace in the Valley for the past two years. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing she did live up to in this latest contract that the union won after the 2019 strike includes that additional wraparound staff 200 extra social workers, 250 more special education case managers. But the mayor pushed back on a lot of that stuff during negotiations because of just how financially strapped Chicago public schools are. Well, during her campaign, Lightfoot did say that her support for an elected school board depended on the details. This is what she told WBEZ's Sarah Karp back in 2019. We have to think about what's the right number, how will board members be elected, what kind of um, criteria and experience should they have, um, how we're going to fund elections. It's nice to say you're for an elected school board, but as with many things in life, the devil's in the details. So, A.D., even as a candidate, her support behind this issue seems like it was conditional, which sounds like at least it's somewhat consistent with her actions as mayor. Yes, although in the limited campaign ads that the mayor put together, one of the things that she said she supported was a fully elected school board. Um, of course, after she took office, um, she came out 
in favor of a hybrid board, a mix of elected and appointed members. Um, now, some of her pushback, like you said, was conditional. She said the 21-member board proposal that CTU backed would have been really unwieldy and that the new structure could undermine improved graduation rates and other gains made since mayoral control of the system started in the mid-'90s. Um, some of these things so often come down to the fact that the mayor wears the jacket for stuff. Uh, school issues and crime are like the top two things. These are the things that voters associate with the mayor being in charge of. Um, and like she mentioned, uh, one thing she wanted to see was a way for undocumented parents to be represented, which is hard if they can't vote in an election. Another big thing was who has the means to elect members. Mm -hmm. um, big money groups, the teachers union, charter schools, business interests. So part of her argument, too, was if we allow this, these competing groups with a bunch of money might take over and parents or folks that have served on local school councils wouldn't have much opportunity. So then if, if she runs for re-election next year, A.D., how much of the focus would you expect to be on education and her relationship with the teachers union? A lot. I mean, like the, the two issues I expect every mayor to be held to account for are, are schools and crime. Um, COVID introduces a new and different element, though. The way I've heard political scientists talk about it in, in the previous elections that we've had in the past few months for uh, gubernatorial races, is voters will give you a break to a certain extent on other issues if they think you handled the pandemic well. Whether that is still the case by the time we get to the elections in 2023, I have no idea. Um, we have already seen some editorials to the effect of, why didn't we have a deal this summer or over break to prevent last week's school cancellation? What went wrong with testing? Um, what what has the mayor been saying and doing at the negotiating table that is either lengthening this or winning concessions or losing concessions? Um, how the public feels after this work stoppage or CTU conflict is resolved is a big question for me. And whether the uncertainty at the district, depending on who you hold accountable for the for the uncertainty over the past two years, if that leads to more families fleeing the district, that's going to be something to watch, too. If you're just tuning in, this is Reset, and we're discussing Mayor Lori Lightfoot's track record as she enters the final calendar year of her first term. That's Crane Chicago business politics and government reporter A.D. Quigg. She's breaking down what promises the mayor has kept and, and which she hasn't since taking office back in 2019. Coming up on the program, you now need to show proof of vaccination to enter many businesses here in Chicago and suburban Cook County. So we're going to find out how that's been going for business owners. A.D., let's turn to ethics reform now. Uh, candidate Lightfoot campaigned hard on government reform, uh, even uh, presented a nine-point ethics plan. So remind us where she stood on ethics reform before she took office. Right, so ethics reform, bringing in the light, cleaning up city government was completely central to the mayor's campaign, especially in that kind of final push. So she promised a lot of things, um, limiting the mayor to two terms, um, banning city officials and workers from holding outside jobs that would conflict with their official duties, um, giving the inspector general at the time, Joe Ferguson, new subpoena power over all of city government, mm -hmm. including city council and other um, other municipal bodies like the parks and CPS, uh, mandating much more extensive public hearings uh, on the budget, uh, and also taking control of the workers' compensation committee uh, system away from finance chairman Ed Burke at the time, and then doing other kind of good government things like merging city and county election functions uh, and kind of smaller, ticky-tacky things that good government folks have been talking about for a long time. Well, here's Lightfoot during her inaugural address back in 2019. She was talking about ending aldermanic prerogative, and uh, uh, that's the power that aldermen have over uh, development projects in their wards. This practice breeds corruption. 
Stopping it isn't just in the city's interest, it's in the city council's interest. A.D., she did go on to successfully pass an ethics package uh, in her first year as mayor. Did that package do what she said it would do? It did not go as far as uh, an outright ban on aldermanic prerogative, and it went a little bit easier on aldermen holding outside jobs. Basically, it mandated a lot more reporting for aldermen who had outside jobs, and she has increased transparency in how city council works. We now have attendance records. Um, meetings are now streamed, so that's an improvement. But the big thing, um, aldermanic prerogative, which was so central to all of these uh, indictments that we saw from the federal government, um, she has not gotten to the crux of that issue. And that's really hard to do because it's tradition. It's aldermen referring to other aldermen on issues when it's a development in their ward. It's basically aldermen saying, you know best, I trust you. Um, I know best, you'll trust me down the line. Um, the one way to get to that is getting into the zoning code and tweaking a lot of stuff, which has not happened. And the mayor said, you know, that might be years and years off. Um, other stuff that has kind of fallen short of that nine-point plan, um, the IG does not have subpoena power. Um, the IG is not in charge of other sister agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, there are more extensive budget hearings. That's that's one point in her favor. And we, we, we saw, uh, as Joe Ferguson exited his term in office after more than a decade, um, over, overseeing the city, um, he's very critical of the mayor's time in office. Yeah, it wasn't on good terms. Colleagues coming in. Yeah. What What do you think held her back from fully keeping her promises on that IG issue? Uh, some of it is how much political capital she had. The other part is just like it would be a huge undertaking to um, basically expand the umbrella of the IG's office to other sister agencies. That would have been a, uh, required a lot of staffing probably have taken years to do. Um, I wonder if she had passed it, what kind? What would have happened with some of the big scandals that we've seen in other bodies, the, the sexual abuse and assault scandal at um, the Chicago Park District, the other sexual abuse scandal that we saw at Chicago Public Schools. Uh, but a lot of it was political capital and, of course, COVID. COVID has overtaken so much of probably what the mayor wanted to do. And the other stuff is uh, her relationship with city council. A lot of this um, likely came down to how much is accomplishable. And we've seen a lot of stuff stymied or at least delayed because of council's, uh, council's perception yeah. that the mayor is taking things away from them. Let's quickly move on to city finances and investment. Remind us what candidate Lightfoot promised Chicago on this front. What, what did she say about getting the city's financial house in order? So this was not a huge campaign issue for the mayor. Um, I looked back at a bunch of her her campaign stuff from 2019. I was going in a way back machine to see what her campaign website looked like in uh, 2018, 2019. And finances were were not a big part of it, even though it was kind of this big looming threat in the background, our pension issues, our debt issues. Um, but it kind of slapped her in the face um, when she came into office. Um, she came in with a billion-dollar deficit thanks to big pension obligations and expensive bond repayments, um, she closed that gap with a bunch of short-term fixes, like refinancing debt and taking a tip surplus and a couple new taxes. Um, since then, like I said, COVID has upended a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But more broadly, uh, one of her big messages was we want to use what levers we, we do have in the city to push more investment to the city's south and west side. And that, that inures to the city's benefit in the long term by keeping people living in those neighborhoods 
um, increasing tax receipts, um, and making the city more livable for everyone, as opposed to city people just in the loop and on the north side. And we've seen her make some strides there. Um, Invest Southwest, which is kind of her signature right. um, south and west side investment uh, program, has pushed uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in corporate and philanthropic commitments and planned mixed-use projects to a lot of neighborhoods that didn't see these big ribbon cuttings and businesses and activities under uh, Mayor Rahm Emanuel. That kind of became a, a fixture of his very late in his tenure when he faced yeah. a ton of criticism for kind of being Mayor 1%, who was only interested in development in and around the loop. So in terms of another run for mayor, it seems like investment may be her biggest strength so far. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, that and, uh, you know, cleaning government up to a certain extent. And she can fairly say that she has changed the way that uh, city government operates. Um, as fractious as city council has been, I think it's been a lot more democratic than it ever has been. Um, I think it's been more open than it has been in a long time. I have an easier time as a reporter accessing um, the meetings themselves. Um, I think aldermen feel empowered to um, use their parliamentary procedure and push back. Um, And that makes things seem a lot more chaotic, but I I think it's also a good sign that it's a little bit more democratic. Interesting. That is A.D. Quigg with Crane Chicago Business. Thank you, A.D. Thanks, Sasha. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.